This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call this the game plan. My name is Chris Plank. Thank you so much for downloading and subscribing the Sooner Sports Podcast. And an apology. Got back late last night with the Sooner softball team, so we were unable to give you our regular Monday morning refresher. So, hitting the highlights from the weekend, an unfortunate end to Jordan Woodard's career. A torn ACL has ended the senior guards season as the Sooners lost a tough one in Ames to Iowa State. Uh, we'll talk to Toby Rowland about that. And good news, the Sooner women's basketball team is rolling right now. They won four straight games. They knocked off Texas Tech in Lubbock. We'll go in depth with Jessica Cootie on that. Jessica was also front and center for the Sooners' softball trip to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, where Oklahoma finished the weekend 2-2 two and two after a tough Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, 1-0 loss to Washington and another win for the OU women's gymnastics team who knocked off Auburn and another perfect 10 from Maggie Nichols. What a weekend it was for Sooner Athletics. So let's start with your normal host on the Monday slash Tuesday, depending on when you consume this. Toby Rowland, as we kick things off with the voice of the Sooners on the game plan. How was your trip? It's good. It was a uh, it was a fun trip. It was a good time, good way to start the season. I think obviously a team that came back wanting more than what they got. Two and two. Two and two to start the season. Two gut-wrenching losses. I mean, if you think back against Auburn, I know that I can't get in trouble so for this, so I'll say it. Okay. The umpiring was right up there with uh, as bad as I've ever seen Ooh. when it came to the OU-Auburn game. that? And I was down the first baseline. Uh-huh. Um, we were really bad. And there was about three times, maybe four, where Auburn players had struck out. And I honestly think that Paige Lowry throws so hard that guys flinch a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's mid-70s from that close. Uh, so that kind of hurt him. And then uh, their bats just didn't wake up against Washington. They were, were silent. One zip. Pretty good pitcher. So it was, uh, it was a little bit frustrating in that. And I think even, you know, if you came away with four games they played, I think Coach Gasso might have been happy with a full-game effort in one of them. Uh, even though they beat BYU pretty handily, I I think it was more about one inning than it was about an entire game performance. And then just to be so close and to take so long to get things going against Auburn, and then obviously to never really get things going against Washington, it was it was a little bit I think frustrating for them. But it was different, you know. You didn't ride a bus to the game; you walked. Yeah. So you didn't have your your normal That's routine. Awesome. I thought it was great. It's like an NCAA basketball tournament. I forgot something, and it was an hour before first pitch. So instead of like, oh, I got to go without it, I walked back to the hotel and got it. <laughs> and it was fine. Was it warm? It was warm. Were yeah. you flip flopping everywhere? 
Uh, well, I get made I fun of. Personal question, I understand. I, I, I made fun. I get made fun of if I, if I wear flip flops by coach. Really? Yeah, she tells you're me you're in Mexico for I, Pete's sake. I know she tells me I look too touristy. She should have been coaching third base in flip flops. She goes, I don't. I, I, you could not look more like a tourist. Whenever I had my flip flops, are you supposed on. to look Mexican? I know. But uh, so I had. I wore my shoes, so coach wouldn't make fun of me. Come on, Patty. Uh, but it was a, it was a really fun trip. I just hope the locals wear flip flops. I don't know. Apparently not. I don't know. Saturday was amazing. You mean weather wise? Not just. Did you get in the ocean? Overcast. Yes, but the ocean was very cold. Mm-hmm. So you found yourself enjoying the pool and a little bit ocean. more than the ocean. And they didn't have shells. They had rocks, which was kind of a unique thing for me too. I never had experienced that. Um, but with that that said, you went, we had a little overcast weather on Saturday, so it was nice, mm-hmm. and the park was packed. And you asked why? Why Sabado? It's like Dave Rest, you know, there not a lot of oh. a lot of people are off work, kids are out of school. It was packed around the fence. See. So it was fun. It was a good time. What was then from the your, your side? Yeah. I know you guys not as good of a time. Uh, much colder. I know you've probably been asked about it a thousand times, but what was kind of the reaction to to Jordan and how does this team kind of try to ride itself down the stretch? Um I don't know how they write themselves. Um I think that you you take it for what it is and say they're not going to the final four this year. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh get as many of these hey, young kids playing time as possible. I mean yeah. I, I yeah, you're right. I you know, I think probably you put Jordan Shepard in there and say, All right, it's freshman playing time time, you know? Let's get McGusty and Doolittle and Shepard and maybe even some more Matt Freeman than we've seen lately. As much playing time as possible the rest of the way. Let's bank seat time, as I think I've heard you say before. <laughs> and um and see, you know, if that can pay off for us next year and and on down the line. So, um, I don't know. It was it was good stretches. I mean, it's the same story the other night. They had a really nice run in the first half to take the lead. They had a great run out of the locker room in the second half to uh, take the lead, but uh, just not enough. Just not enough. And the Woodard thing is, I just feel terrible for the kid. Not just for the ACL. For those who don't know, he tore his ACL Saturday night. Out for the year. Going to have surgery. Um, and at the time, when the way he fell, you thought that didn't look good. Probably this is going to be something serious. But not just for that, just the whole year. I mean, this yeah. is not the way it was supposed to be for his senior year. And everything he's been dealing with and fighting th- through, and now this, it's just uh, sad. It's just wrong. I mean, it, it's mm. not the way it should have ended for him. He's one of the. He's one of you know. He's all over the record books. Yep. You know, you basketball history. So he's a guy that we'll talk about for a long time and just a thrill to get to cover and to call him, and I'm, I'm disappointed that it's over. And speaking of solid runs, what a week it was. Actually, let's go back. What a two-week stretch it's been for the Oklahoma women's basketball team. You lost one of your senior stars in Maddie Manning, uh, but yet the Sooners have been able to maintain. They've won their last two games. Chelsea Dungy has played very well, had 18 points in the win over Texas Tech. And how about a couple of fun stats from the game the other night in Lubbock? The Sooners won by scoring the fewest points in a road win since they had 62 against Missouri back in 2012. By the way, the Sooners won despite shooting just .307% for the floor, thir- 31%. From the floor, it's the worst in the Sherry Cole era when the Sooners have picked up a W. In fact, the old record was a 31% performance in Austin against Texas back in 2011. So despite a poor shooting night, the Sooners still win. 
And Vivi Pierre-Louis, eight double-doubles on the season, the most in a season since 2012-2013. It's the first time the Sooners have won back-to-back Big 12 games after trailing by double digits in the second half. And, oh, did we mention? Career win number 250 in the Big 12, counting the regular season and the tournament for Sherry Cole. The voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, caught up with the Hall of Fame Sooner women's basketball coach for the Sooner Sports Podcast. Tell me about this one Saturday night. Ugly start, but you must have given a great halftime speech because you rallied him in the second half. Oh, I, you know what? We get way too much credit for that kind of business. You know that. Um, we did have an ugly start. We could not put the ball in the basket to save our lives. Um, the first quarter was ugly, and you think, okay, we got that out of the way. And then the second quarter was worse. The second quarter was horrific. We couldn't make anything. And uh, I think we went something like 4 of 15, 4 of 16. 4 of 19 in the second quarter. Yeah. Holy cow, worse yeah. than I had imagined. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Um, but you know what we did throughout the entire game? We got loose balls. We, we made free throws. We got offensive rebounds. You can't shoot. 20 or 30% from the field, not get offensive boards and have a prayer win in the game. So we ended up with 22 offensive boards, and that's the way we survived. We had like eight team rebounds, and you know those are just those effort plays where it bangs off two or three people and you dive out of bounds, that kind of thing. And that's what saved us. There's no doubt about it. Uh, that and uh, a little freshman named Chelsea Dungy. I was going to say, uh, she was clutch for you on Saturday. You don't have Maddie and Peyton Little, bless her heart, goes 0 for 13 Saturday night. You desperately needed somebody to step up, and uh, Chelsea answered the bell. Great night for her. You know, Joya Carter just kept us on life support the entire first half, making a couple threes, tough jumpers at the elbow, just just sort of every little bit when we thought we were about to pass out from lack of scoring, she would make a basket to just keep us alive. And so I got to credit that senior for, for tough, tough play. And, and then Gabby Ortiz with exquisite leadership from start to finish played every second of the game. And, uh, really with her demeanor, um, ran the show, particularly from halftime on, but, uh, Chelsea made big shot after big shot after big shot. We opened the second half, um, by her creating a turnover, coming up with it and finishing with an and one. So immediately from 11, uh, you go to eight, and then um, our, our press forced a couple of turnovers, and she hit big threes. She hit jumpers. She got to the rim. And what I loved about it was the childlike abandon she played with. I, I showed Coach Ross a clip on the way home, you know, and I just have the our game copy. I don't have the TV copy, but I have our game copy. And she had, in the second half, sort of stripped a, a post guy, but the ball didn't come completely and it kind of rolled around, and then we ended up getting a jump ball. It wasn't Chelsea, but she had started the whole thing. And while Gabby and Joya were wrestling for the jump ball, Chelsea has both hands above her head, and she's jumping up and down like a little kid that just won a prize at <laughs> at the carnival, you know. And I said, this, this is it right here, this this joy and this childlike abandon. That's what enables her to, to play like this in the second half. And so that's a great opportunity to, to learn uh, everybody that, you know, it is just sports, not that big of a deal sometimes. You're supposed to have fun, and the more fun you have sometimes, the better you play. Isn't it – I mean, I'm sure every, you'd like to hit 100% of your shots and win by 30 every night, um, but isn't it once in a while satisfying to have a night like Saturday where it's just pulling teeth and, uh, and you still find a way? You know, it's, it's hard and nothing's going in, and you probably shouldn't win this game, but somehow you find a way. 
Oh, yeah. I, I think you you grow in places you didn't even know you needed to grow when that happens. I, I said after the West Virginia game, I thought for us to come back that way um, without Maddie and without TT was probably worth more than it had we led uh, from start to finish. And I think the same can be true, can be said about um, this game in Lubbock, that that to figure out a way to win by rebounding, to figure out a way to win by going to the free throw line and by having a different, yet a different character step forward. You know, in their absence, we've had Gabby, we've had Vivi, um, we've had Joya, we've had Chelsea just sort of rise to the occasion in ways that maybe they wouldn't have uh, had they not been in these tough situations that are created by going four of 19 and a quarter. Where do you think you are? I know you don't talk uh, bracketology and stuff with your team, and you probably get annoyed when I bring it up, but I would love for you to host a regional, and I think a lot of people around here would love for you to host one too. So do you think you're in pretty good shape? Um, to be quite honest with you, I have not dug into it. I've probably play, paid less attention to it this year, and I usually don't pay any attention to it. So to say that I've paid less attention this year than in years past is really saying, I mean, I don't even know what's going on out there. <laughs> I can tell you this, the remaining four games of our schedule are just filled with opportunity because we're on the road twice. Mm-hmm. And then we've got two top 10 teams coming in here in Baylor and Texas. So uh, I think we've put ourselves in a fantastic position. And I think we can only improve that by um, by what we do in these final four games. And then you still have the Big 12 tournament too. So I think there are teams around the country who maybe have a record like ours or very similar to ours who don't have the type of movement possibility on their schedule and their games remaining that we do. So I like our our, our position. Um, yeah, you could potentially only leave the state two more times. I mean, you got to go to Kansas State and go to Fort Worth. Uh and then potentially, you know, the Big 12 tournaments here. I'm telling you stuff you already know. I'm just telling the fans out there. You could host a regional. You. you could have the Sweet 16 in Oklahoma City. It could be a lot of fun. Uh, what, I guess there's no update on Maddie. Correct me if I'm wrong. Any update on Tiana? Um, Titi's a lot better. Um, Maddie's a lot better, too. So they're both progressing, and we're happy about that. Uh, hopefully McKinnell will feel a little bit better, too. She has that hip situation, and we didn't have her at our disposal on Saturday either, and we really could have used her because of – Tech's big four man, but uh, McKenna's kind of goes day to day, so we expect we got a bye week this week. She should be better by the end of the week, too. Is Tiana, I mean, is is she day to day? Is there a chance you could have her back by Saturday, or is it a longer term thing? No, I I feel like we probably will have TT back by the end of the week. Uh, Her her progression has been been really good, so uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. How hard do you practice them this week? There's no midweek game for those who don't know. Uh, so you got till Saturday again when Texas comes to town. You're dealing with some injuries, obviously. Do you push it, or do we have some uh, rest and relaxation time this week? Um, no, you you rest and recover. I, sometimes I feel like the bye week pops in. I think last week we had the or last week last year we had the bye week like the first or second week of the season. You're like, what? What am I supposed to do with this right here? Well, this one I know exactly what to do with it. It could not have come at a better time uh, for us because we just need to get well. Uh, we, we're all banged up. Joy's banged up. Vivi's banged up. Gabby's sore from playing a million minutes. And so um, we'll just recover and try to stay really, really sharp. I think I think what you do with your practices with a bye week this late in the schedule is similar to what you do with your practices when you get to postseason. You still have to go hard. You still have to be sharp, but you don't go for very long. And you're very, very specific about the things that you're trying to improve upon, the things you're trying to accomplish. So 
uh, we'll do a lot of shooting this week and, and have sharp but short practices. Hey, help me with this uh, UConn thing for a second because there's going to be a lot of – there already is a lot of buzz about tomorrow night they're going for their 100th straight win. And I know you're, Tonight, isn't it? I thought it was – yeah, it is tonight's time. I, th- I know your buddies with Gino, and while that is an amazing, uh, unbelievable, unfathomable accomplishment, it, it ticks me off a little bit. I'm like, really? Somebody couldn't along the way up and beat these guys? What, what's your opinion on the 100 straight? Well, I, I don't know that, that I'm going to have any words for it. No pundits anywhere have had any words for it. It's, it's phenomenal, and I, I think you, you have to look at, at – Number one, the the resilience of of him. I think the most difficult part of it is maintaining this uh, this sense of um, I want to say paced aggression. You, you can't get giddy about the thing that you're in the middle of, but at the same time, you can't try to act like the thing that you're in the middle of is not happening. And to continue to hunger to win while all this is going on is I just think an incredibly difficult thing to balance upon. I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, years and years and years down the road, when people talk about this, it won't be, you know, how, how is a, a, a team just that good? Because it's more than just a team. It's a team after team after team. It's, it's how did Gino keep the air um, semi-normal for those kids? That's the most amazing piece of this whole thing. We all get how good they are, the, the talented players, and he's a fantastic coach, obviously, and then the the consistency of their effort and their preparation, which I give a ton of, of credit to Chris Daly, his longtime assistant for. She is sort of the, the, the driver with all that. I, I still think at the end of the day, all that stuff will make some sense. We'll look at all those players that have gone on to the WNBA what we won't be able to dissect or maybe what we will dissect and all of us as coaches can learn from is how he built and protected that air that those kids live in every day. I think that's amazing. One o'clock on Saturday, it'll be the play for K game inside uh, the LNC. What if, what if fans need to know about that coach? Well, obviously um, the, the play for K game is one that's near and dear to our hearts. Uh, and, and probably every person, when you stop and realize yeah. this is about uh, helping raise money for the fight against female cancer, uh, there's scarcely anyone of us who has not been affected by that in some way, shape, or form from a, a family member or a friend. And, and this gives us an opportunity to raise awareness, number one, through our pink game. But I think there is such great awareness today. A lot of people are really aware there's pink activities everywhere, and everybody connects those with women's cancers. What the KYAL Fund does in particular is it unites the nation of women's basketball coaches and female basketball players in the fight against cancer in honor of uh, the late, great KYAL. And uh, we've been able to award some amazing grants um, to institutions across the country and, and been, been able to make inroads in uh, the fight against especially breast and uterine cancer. And so um, – opportunities to give to the KL fund you can go online and do that um this is an unbelievable way to make a difference in the world and, and in this fight against this insidious disease so please show up at the game help us we'll be honoring survivors we'll be celebrating lives we'll be celebrating the research and uh, we'll be continuing to uh, raise money uh, for the KL fund 
And it's a pretty big basketball game. First place, uh, Texas Longhorns at 14-0 and in the league are in town Saturday afternoon. It's going to be fun. It'll be great. It'll be great. Coach, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thank you, Toby. And finally, let's talk some softball. She's a superstar now. Sooner Sports TV's Jessica Cootie made her ESPN debut as Oklahoma took on Auburn in the first game of the Puerto Vallarta College Challenge. And Jessica was on ESPN. We asked her what that experience was like before going in-depth on Sooner Softball. It was fun. Um, it was it was kind of a little bit different because, you know, we were working out of a truck where um, over half the crew didn't speak English. So, you know, we were kind of working with, um, with that, they were so nice and helpful, but it was like, it was, it was just kind of a, a different experience because, you know, it's, you're, you're, you, this has never happened before. You know, they had never broadcast, you know, this kind of game, a softball game and, um, you know, out of the country. And so it was, um, it was really a unique experience and it was fun and, you know, got to talk to quite a few that, uh, players and and uh from the different teams and it was it was really um it was a lot of work for me to try to get up to speed on on five teams doing three broadcasts in one day is a is a lot but it was it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it and um you know had a couple of good games the first game was a little bit of a blowout (laughs) but the second two were a lot of fun the first game she did was, I think, the BYU-Nebraska game, which shocked a lot of people at the, t- at the tournament because BYU run-ruled Nebraska. Then you had the Auburn-OU game, which was an incredible sixth and seventh inning between both teams. And then just, I don't know how many people knew, but the Auburn-Washington game then, which was the primetime game, which, by the way, was originally supposed to be the Auburn-Oklahoma game, but they wanted to put the Auburn-Oklahoma game on ESPNU, and ESPNU wanted it as the, the first game, so that's what they did, uh, at least the first game for Oklahoma. That game ended up going 10 innings. And, I don't know, was it a walk-off, or did they just hold on to the lead in the bottom of the uh, 10th inning? Um, Washington was the, the visiting team. Okay, so they, so they, held, held. they held on to the win. Um, they took the lead, and um, it was, you know, the Taryn Alvello is the pitcher that pitched that night to pitch against Oklahoma um, on Saturday, and um, she's pretty, she's something else. She can throw some, some heat, so, um, you know, something to look out for. I think, you know, that was, that was an impressive field that they had accumulated there, and, um, you know, I think BYU is, going to be ranked eventually and um, I think Washington's going to uh, move way higher in the rankings. They're 13 right now. I think they're going to move up. So it's going to still look good for um, Oklahoma's RPI down the road um, to have faced those teams and have gotten the wins over you know, BYU and, and the Boston. Hey, Jess, let's talk and let's focus on Oklahoma who started things off with the tough loss against Auburn. They had the the nice comeback in the seventh that fell just short on Vanessa Takiaho's clutch hit. A freshman got an opportunity, took advantage of it. They handily took care of BYU and Nebraska and then just couldn't get that offense jump-started against Washington. What were some of your overall thoughts and obviously analysis of Oklahoma through the first four games? Well, their pitching and defense was incredible, Um, you know, throughout the entire tournament, I thought. Uh, you know, and then for a team that over the past really two years has really seen Paige Parker 
have to carry a very heavy load, um, they're going to have help. They have help this year. And, um, and Paige Lowry and then also a couple of freshmen that they're really excited about. So, um, and then the defense against Washington was absolutely unbelievable. Sydney Romero had a great day. Kelsey Arnold had a great day. Um, you know, Nicole Penley had a uh, good day as well. Like, so I, I think, again, that's always, they're always solid defensively. So, and, you know, to see them kind of come out of the gate and be so solid, I, you know, when, we, when you had done your pregame interview with Coach Gasso, that's what she's talking about. You know, you don't, you don't want to be playing your best right now. If, if, if that's the case, it's, it's too early. So I can, you know, you want to gradually work up to it. She just wants to see the team, you know, play their hardest and leave it all out on the field. And, um, you know, I think certainly defensively they did that. I thought, um, you know, the one pitch that, that Paige Parker given up for the um, home run, other than that, the pitching was outstanding. Um, I mean, it's a one nothing ball game, and it was just it was just flying by that game. So, um, I think they're going to figure it out. You know, I mean, you can tell that um, you know the the way that they were at least getting making contact with Alvello there. Um, you know, I I a lot of teams hadn't been able to do that all um, you know all tournament is is even just get a piece of it. So I think. It's going to happen, you know. It, it was the first weekend of the, of the season, and, and you don't want to be playing your best right now. So, um, I I still think this is going to be a really really special team. I know they're disappointed going to it too, but um, you know I think it's it's definitely a team that's going to going to figure some stuff out and be be pretty salty. I know. Everyone wants to be undefeated. Everyone wants to start 4-0, 8-0, 12-0. But I honestly think that this team is going to be better for what it went through this week. And I know that that's not what the fan of undefeated records wants to hear early in the season. But, you know, I and I also think, Jess, this I, I probably the cheesiest thing I've ever said, but I feel like, I feel like I'm even – a better person from what they had to experience. And I think they learned a lot of life lessons from what they were able to experience over the four or five days whenever they were in Mexico. Yeah. I mean, look, every single year they play perhaps one of the toughest non-conference schedules that you can possibly have. And for pretty much anybody in the country. And, you know, I know that's, by design because the Big 12, the RPI, kind of takes a hit when you move into Big 12 play. So it's it's so, I mean, it's just not, almost not even possible to go undefeated with the type of non-conference schedule that they have each and every year. I mean, they're playing the best teams in the country every single weekend for the most part. So, you know, while you're trying to figure things out in the early goings, and, and you know, we talked about this on the radio, but uh, on the um, – on the broadcast of the game, but you still have to remember that, that you're dealing with several sophomores and <laughs> yeah. you're working in some freshmen. And yes, while these freshmen, um, the freshmen, la- they were freshmen last year, won a national title. They're still young and still putting, getting put in some scenarios that they had never been in because, you know, a year ago they don't have the target on their back. You know, they're, they're kind of the team that people don't, that aren't really taking, seriously thinking okay yeah they, they've got some good young talent but they're not there yet so you know they especially in the early goings of the season you know people weren't really looking at them as as 
a national title caliber team. And now here they are, they're entering the season, and everybody's going to give them their best, and that's not what they got last year. So you're still having to learn and go through some learning bumps, some bumps in the roads and some learning process with this team. Yeah, and then I'll also add when I say that from the life lessons part too, Jess, what they did for the school and what they did for that community – you know, this is this is a crew that I think learned a lot about themselves personally as well, too, just in how they were able to give back this week uh, in in a place that, let's face it, without softball, they, they may have never traveled in their lives. Yeah, and and the the whole experience, that was, I mean, it was unbelievable for, I think, um, the people that didn't, like me, and I didn't, I was there, but I didn't necessarily work with the kids, and I signed a bunch of autographs, but, <laughs> and I, I, you know, I mean, I don't speak enough, I don't speak Spanish to tell them, hey, you don't want my autograph, so I just signed the autographs, but, um, you know, just to see them, and, and they definitely, they definitely took a lot away from that, um, you know, it was really cool, Leah Wodak can speak pretty good Spanish, and yeah. the fact you know, she was able to communicate with them, and the kids were loving that. And you could just tell how much it meant to them to have, you know, them come over there. And, and all of the teams did that. Um, and, but, I mean, it was, it was, I know it was a great experience for those kiddos and for the Sooners to get to do that. And, again, I think it kind of um, puts a little perspective in, in there's really, a few of them spoke a little Spanish, but there were several of the OU players that didn't speak any Spanish. And, you know, the only way you could communicate was through um, kind of, you know, demonstrating. And and, um, and so I, th- I think it was definitely a, a little bit of an eye-opening experience for them. Quietly, Sherry Cole's Sooner squad has put together four straight wins. They've won six of their last seven games. The point total on Saturday for uh, Texas Tech was 56 points. That's the fewest point, or excuse me, the point total for Oklahoma was uh, 64. They won 64-56 is my point. Uh, 64 points was the fewest points in a road win since they beat Missouri in 2012. That was Coach Cole's 250th win in the Big 12. And, uh, you know, Vivi's eight double-doubles are the most in a season since 2012-2013, and it's the first time that the Sooners have won back-to-back Big 12 games after trailing by double digits in the second half. Now, when I say quietly, I mean a lot of people kind of maybe put the women's basketball team in a position to where they thought, oh, Maddie's out, so they're going to struggle a bit, Uh, and it hasn't been easy. But my goodness, what a nice stretch here for this Sooner squad, minus their leader. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I they're finding a way to win without her, and you know Texas Tech is a team that's vastly improved this season. Even though you know, yes, they struggled in recent years. They're um, they've been they're improved this year, um, and you know I think this is a team that. Yes, it's it's a huge obstacle to overcome not having Maddie out on the floor. And you could tell in the beginnings of that West Virginia game that they panicked a little bit. And that's what the coaches said is that they panicked not having her out there. You know, she's, she's yes, the one she scores, but, you know, Peyton Little was like she comes up with the, the big rebounds. And she's also the, the communicator. She's the one that gets people in the places that they need to be. And so when they got down and came back, I think it just, 
gave this team a lot of much-needed confidence that they could get back into a game and that they could win a close game without her. Um, you know, and I think the biggest thing for them is, you know, they want to continue to carry on so that Maddie can pick right back up when she gets back into the lineup. So, um, you know, I think that was some much-needed confidence the way that they responded against West Virginia. And I think it's, it's what, four more games left. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you got Baylor and Texas left on those. Um, you know, you can, you know, find a way to, to knock off Texas at home, um, which is absolutely doable. That's, that would be a huge, huge, huge win. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, they, they're, you know, we said it from the, from October is that this is a team that's, that's got a lot of depth and they've got a lot of players that can step up. They just needed to do it. And I think, you know, with Chelsea Dungey doing it, um, you know, it's, it might be somebody different. Um, you know, the next the, the next few games, it has that you know it has to be the one that steps up. But as long as someone does it, they'll be fine because they have they have the personnel to do that. And I'll give you credit uh, because when when Maddie went down, you even brought up you said big spot for Chelsea Dungy. And so far, Jess, to see the way the freshman has excelled, you know, she had been sharing minutes with Joya Carter quite a bit. They uh, one would star, the other would star, and. Uh, then one would play more, the other would play more. But to see the way she stepped up, that's huge for this team. And you're right. It's deep. So it might not be her next week. It might be someone else. Yeah, and I think Chelsea kind of just needed to – I think that right now as a freshman, she's kind of stepping back a little bit, just trying to play a role, whatever that role might need to be. And mm-hmm. she's trying to figure out a way to, you know, which what the, what this team needs from her. And because and, uh, this is – someone that can score in buckets, you know. Um, she just hasn't needed to do that. And, um, you know, she's just one of those really hard-nosed, tough players. And so I think, you know, to her having that kind of game is huge, um, you know, moving forward. And, and Julia Carter's is someone that could do that. But, uh, yeah, I think the two of them have kind of had to figure out to balance each other. Um, you know, I think it's, it's only it's going to give Chelsea an opportunity to kind of step up and, and um, provide a little bit more offense than what what she's kind of been relied upon because right now she's kind of been relied upon to, to play good defense, you know, not turn the ball over, to take it to the rack, and and you know, add her eight to ten points a game. But yeah. now I think you could, you know, they could look to her to score, you know, fifteen or so a game, and and that'd be just a, that'd be something that she could certainly do. Did you know that Jessica Cootie actually has something in common with Jordan Woodard? Her basketball career at her school in high school was cut short by a torn ACL, which cost you what? But it cost you a couple of seasons in high school, right? You at least lost your senior season early. But did you uh, tear earlier, Jess, or was that later? I tore. I tore the second one in college. Ah, okay. Just playing, just playing for fun. Now, with that said, you know how emotional it can be. But also, uh, there, there's something to be said about being able to kind of try to bounce back from it. Unfortunately, we won't see that for Jordan Woodard at, at the LNC, but he might have a chance to play overseas. He might get an opportunity somewhere else. But it's just kind of it's, – it's unfortunate to see his career in an already frustrating season for the Hoops team cut short like this. Yeah, I mean, it's devastating. And I think you could see the response from people on social media. I mean, this is somebody who's been – you know, he was as much of a part of what, you know, that Final Four run last year and, and this turnaround 
as, as Buddy and Isaiah were, you know. I mean, and, and Ryan Spangler, he started with them a ridiculous amount of games. You know, the four of them had had, what, 105 starts together. Um, you know, he had moved, they had changed positions. He had kind of spent a lot of time in the gym to be a, a three-point threat last year. Um, you know, what he did on the, at the free-throw line, then moving back to the point, and you could just tell the way that this team responded when Jordan was on the court this season and when he wasn't. Um, you know, he's been a huge part of, of what Lon Kruger's done here. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really sad to see it in that way. Um, for the case of me, um, you know, it was almost like, uh, looking back at it after, I mean, it would have been like, I would have had I not done enough to get my team like back to the state tournament or, or whatever, whatnot, it would have been a little bit more devastating. So it was almost like out of my hands the way my career ended. So, um, you know, but it, it, that, that also is, is makes it really tough as well because it, I didn't get to do it the way that I wanted to do. And so, you know, I had that talk with Karen Nelson, you know, the, the really good soccer player that had concussions kind of end her career. It's, it's just kind of tough because it's all you do. And, you know, and Jordan Willard's career is not over uh, by any means. Um, you know, he definitely has, is going to have a shot to come back and um, play professionally in, in some capacity, and, and I have no doubt he will and he'll bounce back. Um, and because he is a really hard worker and he'll figure out a way to, to get back out there. It's just it's just sad that we, we didn't, OU fans didn't get to see it the way that we would have liked to have seen it with a senior day type of, type of deal but you know I think you just think about everything that he did um you know outside of the struggles this year that this team had you know just think about everything that that he's done for this program over the last four years it's it's been really remarkable and he's an Oklahoma kid and you know just just everything that he's kind of sacrificed and you know all the he he was just as much a part of putting all that blood sweat and tears in the in that gym as you know, those other three guys were last year. So um, I think be appreciative of that. And, um, you know, it's it's definitely it's, it's sad. That's, that's for sure. Man, thanks so much for joining us for the Sooner Sports Podcast. Don't forget, go subscribe. Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Or if you want every single piece of audio we put out from the Monday morning refresher to post-game highlights, simply go to iTunes, search Sooner Radio Network, and subscribe that way. Have a great week on Thursday's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Super Bowl champion Gino Grissom will join us and we'll get you ready for the OU baseball season opener with Skip Johnson. Until then, everyone, have a great week and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.